Hello everyone, welcome to CSM Secrets and in this episode we have Liliana Petrova, the CEO and founder of the Petrova Experience, a boutique customer success consulting firm. The reason we are talking to Liliana today is her very unique experience in one of the toughest industries where customers are really hard to please, the aviation industry. Let's welcome and hear more. Hey Liliana, welcome to CSM Secrets. Thank you for joining this podcast today. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited about this conversation. Wow, let's go. So you have a very unique background among everyone that I have spoken to. To have directly led the customer experience for an industry whose customers are so tough to please, aviation. Tell us more what you learned in that role and how it is helping you in your current role, right? I just don't want to give away the details to the customers or the listeners. Why don't you tell us your story? Sure, sure. Uh, you have it right. Uh, I did start in the toughest industry, aviation, and I learned several things that are helping me a lot. Managing the customer experience of unpredictable uh, weather events or complicated network um, and engineering events. The first thing I learned was the power of information. I think before this role, I also underestimated how important it is for people to be informed. We found out that if our gate agents are informed of the delays and what is happening, what's causing those delays, our NPS was jumping uh, very high, even though it was kind of dipping when there is a delay, when our customer uh, experience crew members were informed of what's happening, that NPS was recovered at a much higher rate. The other thing we learned was that our customers really wanted information so they can make decisions. So that power of information gave them much more than we thought. Um, for example, if we told them that a flight is delayed ahead of time, they could go and have dinner or they could make alternative plans if they're in the, in the New York metro area. It's just it, that information became much more than information. So customers really, really appreciated that. And I don't think I, I knew that before I had this role. The other thing we learned and I learned personally was the power of coordination and the power of centralizing customer experience decisions. I think partially why we were so successful at JetBlue where I started was because we were very clear that there is only one decision maker. And even now with our clients, I see that as the biggest win. If we're able to really, really point at the person that makes the decisions and runs customer experience, uh, the customer experience becomes much more consistent and integrated. And the last thing I'll say here, and I think probably you had other people to talk about this, but I can't stress that enough, is the power of co-creation and the power of engaging the end user into the design of whatever tool you're designing, be it something that's customer-facing or employee-facing, having the end user as early as possible creates just such a better experience. Wow. That is customer experience 101 in just one minute, you know, that's awesome. And I really loved your last point about involving the user experience in every decision and design that you make, um, which naturally leads me into my next question for you, right? Define customer experience for us, because you're so unique in the sense that you're not really, um, you know, you've handled not just a technology business, but a real customer experience, B2C 
business, right? And usually I call customer success as human experience design. That's my favorite go-to word. Do you agree? And what are some strategies and guidelines that you adopt from your past experiences in delivering that kind of a uh, that kind of a extraordinary uh, human experience to your customers? Thank you. I think I think you're on the right track with human experience design. I used to love that expression as well until I started working with many humans. <laughs> so now, uh, you know, I, I again, I'm back to which who, who human who um, and what drives the design, because even now I'm a in, in very large teams for experience design of, of large programs and you know who makes the decisions and who we ask about the needs is really crucial so for me customer experience um, is something that's driven by two two kind of drivers if you will uh, one is the brand I always start with the the the, the how do I explain the identity and the soul of the company you're representing when you're designing an experience unless you know that brand guideline and what the the persona of the brand is i don't think that we we have engaged in customer experience design because a, a customer experience you know is defined in my head in, in three things the first one is solving a need or a, delivering like a quote unquote we call it a job in the design world a job for for the for the customer the second one is you know functionally having that seamlessness but the third one is to as a, as a experienced designer my job is to make sure that the customer experiencing the experience knows who is delivering it in other words the brand needs to come through uh, from the experience um, otherwise we haven't done our job and it could be any experience um, so for me customer the definition of customer experience is the delivery of the brand promise of an organization in a consistent way uh, and in a, in a repeatable way through customer experience processes and procedures. Whoa. I, I just took a note of it as you were saying, right? I mean, customer experience is the successful delivery of a brand value that a company um, stands for. I, you know, I, I completely agree with that. So then, then that leads me into your baby, right? What does Petrova experience do? How do you help companies achieve optimal customer experience? What strategies you design for them? What best practices you recommend? Why don't you tell me about your own venture? Thank you. I love that you called it my baby. Um, I have a, a daughter that's three years old and she was born around the time I opened the company. So it's kind of a... I, I call it my, my two children. <laughs> so, um, so we, you know, it it varies because customer experience is such a, you know, it's it's not a linear uh, prop product for for lack of a better word that we deliver. So a lot of what we do is first assess where is our client in terms of their maturity, uh, in terms of customer experience, and then what are the problems that they're trying to solve? We call ourselves 
you know, crave problem solvers because we really um, need to solve somebody's problem or, or we're just spending money. And, you know, as a fellow customer success professional, I'm sure you know that the business case of customer experience is a, a big pain point for us as professionals. Um, so how I do it, it's through different strategies. For some, for some organizations, it is literally engaging in journey mapping and figuring out what is the brand, the brand promise, and how that would be translated into a journey map and an experience, so we can then help them design a program around getting there. For others, it may be talking about employee experience because often um, we see that the, the hospitality side of things is really, really impactful. So even if you have a technology that provides a great experience, if the people are not motivated and don't have a consistent standard of behaving and interacting with the customer, then the customer experience falls short nevertheless. So it is really a mix of experience design and culture building and more on the soft side, training uh, people. And then sometimes uh, we have clients that call us and say, hey, I want to stand up a customer experience program. I don't know where to begin. All I know is I want to have better experience. And when we start with that we start with research, with really understanding what the company is doing, what are the current pain points, and really spending a lot of time with the executives to guide them to build a customer experience strategy. Because when we don't have the strategy, the business case, again, doesn't have anything to lean on. And that is something we found out over time that is extremely helpful and needs to be the first step if we're ever going to have a program that covers the whole organization versus being just one project in a, in a small department. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. So what do, what do you see as commonalities between a B2C and B2B? Because like you rightly said, it's ultimately a human, right, that you're dealing with whatever the business may be. So do you think there are commonalities that exist that B2B companies can adopt in what has been successfully proven in B2C environments? I, I I was trying to find this quote for you today, but I didn't have time. I wanted it was one of my favorite quotes, but essentially it said like, "How come companies think I would care about my customer experience when I buy something for three dollars, but that I wouldn't care equally about my client experience when I'm buying a contract for three hundred million? <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> it, it is. I think it's, it's such a great way to put B2B in, in context because customer experience started in, in the B2C world and we would go to B2B companies, they often say, well, that's not that's more consumer-facing. We don't need it. And I'm like, no, no, you need it even more. Yeah. <laughs> you have fewer clients. It's proven that it's like five times more expensive to get a new client than to keep a current client. Your risk actually is much higher. You should care more than B2C. Um, but interestingly enough, that, that's not really how this industry evolved. I think the, the commonalities really are, again, around the complexity of the experience design and the uh, quote-unquote wrong approach companies have. In other words, we tend to be very uh, centered around our internal needs 
versus thinking and designing the experience for our clients based on the internal org design needs versus thinking from the outside in perspective of what the client is seeing. And in B2B, I see a lot of like many handoffs that for the customer are just inconvenience and resetting the relationship versus having some sort of a completely new way of thinking how client experience works and having one person that becomes that really deep connection with the client. We have the role of marketing, then sales, then account manager, then success manager. Every time there is a phase that ends and a new person comes on stage, quote unquote, the client's trust needs to be rebuilt. And the client feels anxiety and the client feels pain and effort because now they have to explain things all over again. Or there is loss of of some sort of an insight in the previous role has. Um, So I I think client experience and B2B can learn from B2C in a sense that we really are talking about this idea of of having a quarterback, somebody who is the one person that holds that relationship um, and making sure that that's at the center of the of the design. Yeah, yeah, amazing. So my last question on the serious topic, right? What trends are you seeing that is going to catch up like fire uh, moving forward in 2022 and beyond in both customer experience as well as the larger umbrella of customer success? Trends to watch out for, if any? I think from a customer experience perspective, the trend is that there is this maturity of the field. What we saw was a round of, of, let's call it in the last five years, you know, we had the roles of customer experience director or customer experience manager. And one thing we found out was that these roles were too deep embedded in the business. So they ended up being ineffective. And now you've, I'm sure like your listeners have noticed that now we started seeing the role of chief customer experience officer pop up much more. Five years ago, that was not the case. Brands like McDonald's, uh, Subway um, are really looking at elevating the authority and the, the control of, of the role of the customer experience person on, on the organization. And I think that's really great for us, for all of us. And it's going to change what we see as output. From customer success, I think, um, perspective, a lot of technologies have evolved. You know, now AI is really powerful. Now the algorithms um, have learned a lot and we have smarter algorithms that can be deployed. Um, And I see that more and more. So I think uh, more uh, companies will use um, automated solutions than before and will hopefully, at least I hope, uh, will take the human side of of the customer success to be more around escalation, uh, creative problem solving, consultative kind of uh, support uh, versus doing manual, you know, repetitive tasks. All right. Okay. Now let's jump on to the fun and the rapid fire round. Which is to find out more about yourself, Liliana, as a person. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. So you're off to the moon and you're likely never coming back and you're working from there forever. What are three functions at work that you would take along with you without which you will not be successful in your job? I'll take a copywriter 
slash marketing person, then they can beam our brand to earth. (laughs) Because we would need to to tell earth we exist, although we're not here. Um, I will take a salesperson because I learned Mm -hmm. the hard way without sales, I don't exist really. Um, And then I will take my best, best project manager. So okay. I can deliver on my promises. Mm-hmm. Yes, love it. So a bunch of fresh college graduates with absolutely no experience in handling customers are coming to you and applying for a job in your organization. What would you look for in them before you offer a personal role in your team? Empathy is my number one requirement. If you don't have empathy and you're not empathetic, I, I don't think you can do customer experience. The second thing I would look for is somebody who is a non-linear thinker. I don't Mm. think a customer experience person can just stay in their lane. So if I have somebody who is extremely comfortable with only one thing at a time, I don't think that I would would work with that well. Um, And the third thing that I would look for um, is really some technology. I don't know what to call it, curiosity. They don't have to know it all. But if they're, you know, you know, this young yeah. type of thinker that's just going to Google it and figure it out, um, <laughs> I probably would take that person on because I know they can self, self-teach anything. Okay. All right. So if there is one favorite cartoon character that represents a good customer success manager, who would you choose? Which one would you choose? Oh, that's a manager. I was thinking it's customer experience that you were saying. Honestly, I don't have that answer well. I don't know who, but I did think when I read this question about a cartoon in general that I really like, um, and it was about a, a baby looking at a toy from upside down and the parents saying how it's great, but the baby's just seeing butts of the animals. Um, that, that showed yeah. me, you know, the design challenges we are faced with. Mm. All right. So if you were a popular personality who either lived in the past or is living today, a celebrity, who would it be? Who do you re- relate mostly to among popular personalities that either lived or living today? Lincoln. Oh, awesome. Okay. <laughs> What is one unique skill that you're bringing to the table that you think is impeccable for success in customer success or customer experience that others can also learn? I think it's a mix between grit and being relentless because I think we are uh, breaking barriers. We're the first and you need to really believe in your stuff because there's a lot of... um, opposition for lack of a better word Mm -hmm. we're changing how people think so i think that is unique i really really keep going at it until i get people to think (laughs) the way i want them to think (laughs) (laughs) it's either your way or nothing right (laughs) it's it's either the customer way yeah not my way it's the customer way yeah yeah so according to you was there any miss in your career that you regret? Like, you know, where did you go wrong in your career that you can pass it on as a advice to prevent for others that are listening? Yeah, I really thought about this. And to be frank, I, I actually don't think I've done um, 
anything wrong per se. What I would say in a for like a recent experience I have is I assumed that people um, understand the customer centric view of things. I would probably, if I would go back, um, I would advise people, if you go and see a group of people that really don't get it, maybe sometimes you should engage. And my, 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 my strength to walk away when I see these red flags is something I want to work on. Mm. To, okay. You know what I mean? Like just recognizing when it's a lost cause kind of thing. Yeah. Versus just keep going and then it's just not working well. Yeah. So how do you handle tough situations with customers? Right? I'm sure we all come across very tough customers or very, very tough situations. Is there one strategy that has always helped you to diffuse the situation? I call it the five whys. It's an actual Harvard article people can read. But essentially, mm-hmm. it combines the empathy and the whole why. If somebody comes at you and is very stressed, and if you stay at that level... You're just going to think about how they make you feel. But the moment you say, why are you so stressed? And they tell you they're going to a funeral, right? Your connection will change tremendously, right? So I think that why the more people are anxious, the more there is a reason for it. So giving people the benefit of the doubt, I think is huge. Hmm. Okay. So what are some what is one funny moment that you have had with a customer, right? Because customer success need not always be serious business. Were there any really funny moments that you have had? I don't think I've had a funny moment, but I had a you know an interesting moment. One of my clients last year sent me their swag, and it was exactly my swag. So I thought that was kind of funny that we had chosen the exact same vendor, the same item, everything. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's funny. Yeah. So what do you, um, you know, as a personal brand stand for in value? What does Liliana the brand stand for? What would people be talking about you if you were not in the room there? They probably definitely would say I'm an acquired taste. Um, I am... Very just. I'm very big on integrity and doing the right thing. For me, doing the right thing is non-negotiable. Sometimes that comes across as a, a lot of passion. Sometimes it drops people the wrong way. But I think everyone who knows me would say she's she fights for others. Um, and that is like in the core of my identity. I also help a lot. I do nonprofit work a lot. Um, and I think that's kind of like my my brand. Um, and then the other thing that I would say probably about me is that I have high standards. So I deliver the quality of what I deliver is pretty high mm. because I have high standards for myself and for the people around me. Um, but that also leads me to the third thing, which is empowerment. I tend to have people tell me that they grow around me. Um, because I have that personality that I would see somebody, but then I would help them get there. See what I mean? Like I would just see the potential and I take it as a mission of myself or something. I don't know, a self-proclaimed mission to just help people get get to their uh, optimal version of themselves or something. <laughs> I don't know where it came from, but I just know it just drives me a lot. Nice. 
Nice. Okay. Finally, I mean, any parting quotes, thoughts, comments, or your LinkedIn handle where you would like people to reach out to you? Any final thoughts or words? Yeah, sure. Well, my favorite quote is that uh, all that takes for evil to prevail is for good people to do nothing. Um, mm. I just, um, I've experienced that and I just want to make sure people keep that in mind that it's not, you know, not engaging sometimes is engaging. It's essentially making an impact as well. Um, and my, where you can find me, you know, the, the company is, is, is called the Petrova Experience. I, I very innovative. I came up with my own name. So uh, you can find me anywhere. I'm very very active on LinkedIn. Um, there I'm at Liliana Petrova. I do have a LinkedIn um, Instagram for both the Petrova experience and my own. Um, I'm not big on Twitter, so don't go there. Um, and the website, you know, has my email, so anybody can reach out to me. All right. That was wonderful, Liliana. I mean, to take time off your weekday and spend some time talking to us and, you know, sharing so much in those condensed 20 minutes that we had. Thank you for being our guest today and talk to you soon. Thank you for having me. And that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Until we see you the next time, take care and stay safe. <laughs>